This week on Excelsior Journeys, I speak with actress Katya Ojeda and writer-director Alex Goldberg. We'll be talking about their award-winning film, Closure, and how they work so well as a great support system that allows them to not only survive in this wonderful world of show business, but thrive. JLD, do the honors. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of the award-winning podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire, and you're listening to the Excelsior Journeys with George Soroy. Prepare to ignite. Is there a burning desire within to share your creativity with the rest of the world? Do you insist on pursuing your passion by any means necessary? Then you are on an Excelsior journey, and you are not alone. Welcome back to Excelsior Journeys. My name is George Soroy, and thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for listening to almost 80 episodes. I still can't believe how far this show has gone, and we are not stopping anytime soon. If you like what you've been hearing, please feel free to share this episode and any other episode you like with your friends, your loved ones, and please send them over to he'sgotit.com slash podcasts. So that way they can choose which platform they want to use to subscribe to this show. Remember, it is a free subscription. If they are iPhone users, I strongly suggest Apple Podcasts. It's got a great, it's a great app for them to use. And there are another dozen different types of podcast apps for Android users as well, um, including Amazon, including Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pandora. There are so many to choose from. And if you would like to show some support, please go to he's got it.com slash podcasts and click on the link, buy me a coffee. It really helps me to see how many listeners are out there and how many are actively participating. Also, rates and reviews are incredibly beneficial as well and always appreciated. If you go ahead to Apple Podcasts and leave your rate or review there, it will go a long way toward increasing the visibility of this show. Now, one of the great things that I love about Excelsior Journeys is getting to know more about people that I have known through all my walks of life, uh, from grade school on. And this week's show is no exception, because uh, someone who I knew was really going to make their mark in this world of show business was Katya Ojeda, someone that I knew from Marymount Manhattan College. Um and who has worked with a lot of really great, talented people who are also alumni from Marymount, including Steve Russo, Scott Laska, Seth Soloway, and Tom Watunik. Everything that she has been in was always kind of elevated by her performance. And sure enough, one of those people that she got to work with in New York was writer-director Alex Goldberg. And the two of them became a great power couple. And continue to support each other to this day as husband and wife and as parents of two great kids. And I am so excited to not only get to share their story with all of you, but also to get some more details about their multi-award winning film, Closure, which is available now on Prime Video. You can go ahead and take a look at that as soon as you finish with this interview. And it's just going to be great to see what else they have for us in the future. And so it is my privilege to introduce to you Katya Ojeda and Alex Goldberg. Katya, Alex, how are you today? Hello, hello. Hi, George. Thank you for that lovely introduction and welcome. 
Oh, thank you so much for being here. And um, I hope that it I hope that it made some sort of sense because I've been working on uh, some um, renovation downstairs. So I'm a little, you know, like uh, a little less than 100 percent right now. So I'm I will, you know, I'm hoping that uh, whatever I'm saying is making a lot of sense. It sounds good to me, especially the part where you said nice things about me. That's made complete. There you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> oh, man. So. Um, so I was talking a little bit about closure and I actually made a point to watch some more of it this morning um, before before our interview. And I was really just kind of taken by it because it's got this really great, like very much like a dark comedy kind of kind of tone to it. And I am I, I appreciate that. I love a good dark comedy. And I feel like we don't see enough of those these days. So the fact that it's out there right now where people can go ahead and just view it for free on Amazon, um, I think there's a lot to be said about that. Thank you. There, you know, there's a, a lot of people do like dark comedies. It's interesting because, you know, when we were looking for distributors and that sort of thing, everyone's like, oh, dark comedy. Nobody wants that. But the audiences do. It's very interesting. Uh, People like it. People like uh, your Cohen brothers and other people besides the Cohen brothers that do dark comedy. But yeah, us. Yeah, and us. Cohen brothers and us. <laughs> end of list. There you go. <laughs> dark comedy. I mean, yeah. that's like that's life, right? Like lives are dark. Our real life is. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I I was I was especially taking. I remember just uh, since everyone was still asleep, I really had to stifle my laugh uh, during the whole. I'm you know like I'm an FBI agent with a secret moment that I, I had to, I had to keep that in. I had to hold that in because I was laughing a lot for that Give us so, your um, so exactly <laughs> so to, um so I'm curious like how many how many uh film festivals was this an official selection of we went to six different film festivals and we won a total of uh seven awards uh that's we great two uh best features uh, we won two Audience Choice Awards. Uh, I took a Best Screenplay Award at the one, and she took two, Katya took two Best Actress Awards. That's fabulous. And it's really cool, like, seeing this, you know, this great, you know, team working together. And, um, you know, you guys are, you guys obviously do everything together, which is, which is fantastic. Now in the pandemic, more than ever, I, I think that there's, oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, we yes. went to shopping this morning. My parents were here watching the kids and uh, we were like, this is the first time daylight hours that we've been like shopping out without together. the kids since, was, since a year ago. It was fun. Yeah. We went to Crate and Barrel because we needed a couch. <laughs> this is for your listeners who are very interested in yeah. furniture. Anyway, I think we found our couch. Hey, they, <laughs> they, they want to go to Crate and Barrel too. So, you know, I'm, I, I, I think, I think that would, they would probably be really interested in that. So, yeah. <laughs> Tell your listeners, um, uh, mention our names and you get 0% off. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There you go. <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm curious about, about this for, um, for both of you, incredibly talented people. Um, let's go back to what I always refer to as the lightning bolt moment. Cause there's always that moment when you would say that is the moment that where everyone experiences that they're just pointing in that direction and say like, that's what I want to do. That is where I want to go. That's the life I want to live. Um, since both of you started in theater, what was that for you? I, uh, I cannot remember a time where I didn't want to, I just, I don't, I don't know if I had a lightning bolt moment uh, other than I knew, like I always knew for sure. And when I got into high school and, and all the musicals and I did theater, I could, 
and read all the plays that I could. And I just, it was just always my passion. It was never a question what I would, much to me. I had no backup <laughs> plan. I still have no backup plan. Sadly, you're talking to someone who, uh, who, um, who applied to one college and thankfully he got into it. So yeah, I know what it's like to have no backup plan. That's great. It's exciting. One for one. Uh, I, there you uh, go. I grew up loving theater as well. I did all the plays. I first directed uh, a play with other first graders. I was in first grade. And so I directed a little play that I found in the back of a book and wound up acting in it, not because I was an egotistical actor, but because I could read better than the other kids. So I just did all the parts. Uh, I wrote a play in uh, third grade, I believe. Uh, and it was staged in my class. We had a one performance run and that was a lot of fun. It was a two page play. So I, I always had the creative bug and my parents encouraged it. Uh, I also did all the plays in high school and I knew that I wanted to write and direct. And for a while I wanted to, I, I tried doing all three and that didn't work out for me. Well, I, I remember distinctly the moment when I knew I wanted to stop acting. And it was, uh, I was doing a play in New York off, off Broadway. Uh, eh, not a great play, but I was, I had the lead part, which I don't usually get. Usually I'm a character actor. And, uh, uh, good part and uh, uh, had a good leading lady to work with and the rest of the cast, very nice people. They were all much, much older. I was probably in my late 20s, early 30s and they were like mean age 70, but they loved it. They had this, mm. they loved the character work. They loved what they were doing. And we had a big snow day and for a matinee show and we came into the theater and there were two audience members who showed up. One of them was my girlfriend at the time and the other one was my best friend. And one of them had already seen it. And so the, the, the directors came to us, me and the other lead, and we said, said do you guys want to do this show today? Mm -hmm. And the snow was still coming down. We knew it was going to be rough. And I was like, no, it took a lot of energy. There's two people here. One of them seen it. The other one's going to come back. I would say no. And my co-star agreed with me. And then they told the rest of the cast what we had decided. It was a weird thing. And the other actors were so angry. They were so disappointed that they didn't get to do another performance of the show. And I will never forget that. I'm like, I don't want it as badly as they do. I don't want to act as badly. I, I, mm -hmm. I, I feel that way about writing. and I feel that way about directing. I'll do anything. I'll go through any war to get it done. But acting, not so much. I don't, I don't want it anymore. Also, it doesn't come as natural mm. as the skills. That was my moment when I'm like, just writing. Excellent. Excellent. And tell us a little bit about how the two of you came together. Because I know Katya, um, I'd seen you know, a lot of different uh, shows that you were doing um, after leaving Marymount. You know, like I know you'd worked with um, Scott Lask on stuff, Steve Russo on stuff. And um, and it was great to see, you know, to see that. And um, you I can just tell, like, you definitely had, you know, like a real presence about you on the stage. And even just like for those moments of just sitting there, like just doing a script reading, I knew that, you know, that, that I was going to be seeing more of you as as time went on and yeah I, i'll i was right on, on that so uh, yeah yeah so um so how did uh, tell us a story about how the two of you came together um so uh 2000 yeah um alex had a play in like a play kind of festival like a curated and one of his was being directed one of my best friends and i'm sure you mm -hmm. from our school days i know tom yep um, 
And they had decided, Alex and Tom, like, you know, this is such a short run. It's kind of a casually put together production. We don't need to have auditions. We can just cast this. No. And there was, Tom's like, oh, well, I have the, you know, one of my best friends in this role. And Alex was like, great. So that's how we began. We met it. Although I like to tease Alex that we had actually met before. Um, Tom directed one of Alex's plays. The Midtown, the Midtown Theater, Theater Festival. So good. This excellent play. Um, and I met, you, <laughs> met Alex at the- It's a, it's a hell of a title right there, I gotta say. It's <laughs> I know, right? Quite prescient. Um, <laughs> uh, so I'm like, oh, I'd love to meet the playwright. I loved the play. Yeah, Tom introduced me. So I met him and his girlfriend at the time. And I mean, I wasn't like looking for anything. I was just like, I loved your play. It's so nice to meet you. So then- um, So I signed an autograph and- uh, no. Yeah, and shooed me away, no. <laughs> Then months later, you know, when I showed up on the first day of- Well, actually, then there was a second time that we met. Oh, right. Which I do remember very well. It so was in says. the audience at the, I do remember, at the gallery players, uh, Tom had was directing, was it- I know, Tom it is really- Six Degrees of Separation, right? Yes, and yes. He was, and Tom was there with you. Tom was in the audience. No, I had come to see it with, with our friend Seth Soloway. Oh, right. I'm sure you <laughs> well, I knew because Seth directed my other show. And uh, and I remember her very much, just in the audience, the conversation, like, what a dynamic. I bet she's- How memorable she is. Yes. I so remember meeting her well, last that, time. Because when, <laughs> when uh, um, Tom said, I'd like to not have auditions, let's just cast our friends. And he said your name, I knew who you were. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I was so, like, yes, of course, bring her in. That's a very- uh, There you go long-winded answer actually met a couple times but we met for real uh but we were very professional super professional mm -hmm. yeah. you know super professional not looking for right now all the things that you said like <laughs> in New York to like keep yourself dumb or i did anyway mm -hmm. um and then it was closing night of the show the last we got made out in the bar and that and was in that bar on 44th oh god what was that bar that was like right next to dyke's, dyke's lumber right next to dyke's lumber yeah of 44th and night like the moose tavern moose, or some yeah the moose, moose lodge bar moose bar and grill uh moose head anyway, the, bull bull moose. Moose. the bull moose the bull moose the bull moose yeah yeah okay yeah yes there you go there you go that's that's amazing and um so so how long were you guys still working on stuff in New York before you decide to make the big pilgrimage from New York to L.A.? Well, I'll start the ball a little, mm -hmm. little bit. She had never been to L.A. And no, I come here frequently that. because uh, uh, my dad spent a lot of time working in L.A. when I was a, a teenager. And my brother had moved to L.A. almost a decade earlier. So I would be in L.A. at least once a year. And I, I enjoyed it. I never thought about moving there. And I had a play going on mm -hmm. in uh, San Pedro. So we came to L.A. And we happened, it happened to be in January. And I remember the waking up the next morning, it was 72 and sunny. And she's like, I could, I could do LA. I could do it. I was one of those <laughs> LA haters, tough people that was like, oh, LA for like plastic. you know, it, I hated LA and I never even came here. Yeah, I'd, ne I'd never been. And I hated it. I thought a good time in the theater did totally, totally fun. How long after did you move? It was a, a year okay, because then we year. did It Is Done. Yep. in New York. We did a play of uh, mine, It Is Done, which I wrote, of course, with her in mind in the lead. It was great. And we decided we're going to take mm -hmm. it to L.A. and try out L.A. So we drove cross country mm -hmm. to L.A., decided to stay for six months and, and put on a production and put out the feelers. And at the end of that period, the play had been optioned into a movie and she was she booked already her first gig. And mm -hmm. we were like, oh, it seems like we can do this. So we did. So we drove back across country. <laughs> Yeah. I did a show with Seth Holloway up yeah. at Railroad Playhouse. I was an mm -hmm. artist in residence, did one of the mm -hmm. plays there, and then 
packed up all packed of our stuff and, and drove yeah. across country it again. Was, it was right after Super Storm Sandy, we apartment on the Upper West Side. Like, oh, this is. We're like, I think this is a sign. Kind of felt the same way when when my wife and I made our pilgrimage from New York to St. Louis. It just seemed like 2000, uh, August 2011. That was a good time. That was a good time for us to to leave. And then as we were just watching New York from a distance and we saw Superstorm Sandy and uh, we're seeing all these other high rises go, going up and a couple of them blocking the view to Central Park when you're standing at, at uh, Rockefeller Center and the Ziegfeld Theater closing it just felt like, yeah, we left at the right time. It, it seemed like, uh, you know, we we left before before it, you know, just got suddenly unbearable to be there. Um, great, great job. Uh, also, like going to L.A. in January. It's kind of like uh, it's kind of like it was doing its own um, its own like, you know, grooming process, basically just saying, like, come, come on. It's like an initiation ceremony kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Good. I mean, the weather, no joke. I mean, like, Most of the time. I don't know if you were, everything. Uh, August, <laughs> so September, and October, it's like being on the inside of a carburetor yeah. and then things catch fire. So, yeah. But other than that, it's fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. really, it's important. Yeah. And so, um, so from what I understand, uh, Closure is not the only place where you can find Katya on Amazon Prime. You can also find her on the show Just Add Magic, correct? Yes. How did that come about? Um, By the way, this is one of the greatest showbiz stories. Oh, I'm God. Thank like, you so yeah. much. I am so glad I asked then. <laughs> it's so rare in Hollywood to show how Hollywood has changed. That's Now bring it home, baby. I'd set you up. <laughs> Thanks, love. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> to sing a song. And okay. So, uh, we were in LA and I was doing our thing, auditioning. I'd gotten a few, you know, little gigs, a few commercials, but nothing hitting in the way hoping and I'm to get, you know, that showbiz like, oh God, I'm never going to work again. Like, what have I done? Oh, gee, <laughs> those familiar. Um, <laughs> but you know, we went ahead and lived our life and I was pregnant. Um, very pregnant point, not literally not mm -hmm. right. Eight, nine. And I hadn't been uh, auditioning for a couple months. Obviously I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm going to have my baby and see how this goes. So I get a call from my agent at the time. And uh, he's like, Hey, uh, I have an audition for you. I'm like, uh, okay. And he sends it to me and it's like a big audition. It's for this pilot for a new, you know, family series on Amazon called Just Add Magic. And it's role is for the mom, like a series regular. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Like I've never had, you know, an audition of this caliber yet. Um, like you should let them know that I'm very, 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 very pregnant. He's like, yeah. And they, they still want to see you. I'm like, okay. So I go in and I think because I knew there was no way that I'm going to get it because I'm, I, was enormous, you know, I was weeks away from mm -hmm. uh, my due date. Um, but I, so I was so relaxed. I'm like, who casts an enormous pregnant woman? You know, this is not gonna happen. So I gave this great audition, I think, cause I had no pressure on myself. I was like, this is not, I'm just gonna have fun. And, um, you know, I, I got it. I got the freaking job. I'm like, oh, <laughs> Jesus, you know, this, I mean, it sort of came out of nowhere. I hadn't been auditioned in months. Um, so great, great, fantastic. I'm just, you know, booked a pilot, series regular, dream come true, no big deal. Awesome. So next, so it was like the next week was my fitting. 
And then two days later, we were going to shoot. And they had changed the, altered the script a little bit so that I would only work one day. Like originally my character was in several in the pilot. So they amended it that I was only going to be in one scene, one scene, one day. So that, you know, just in case. And this was all uh, two weeks before the due date. So yeah. this is earlier than the due date. Wow. And we'd always heard like, oh, babies are later. Right, uh, right. So, mm-hmm. you know, of course I told like, you know, the, right you know this George you're like oh the first baby's always late you're gonna be late you're gonna go to the hospital with you know gas and they're gonna send you home haha <laughs> those funny stories my mom was like oh you were late I'm the first uh, in my family like you're gonna be late says my own doctor yes yeah. so the morning of the fitting so I have the fitting at 11 a.m I woke up at seven in the morning because my water broke <laughs> Mm-mm. it's two weeks oh boy. <laughs> early it's uh and i'm like no 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 this is not this is not happening and uh, i don't want to like go into too much physical detail but for your listeners that you know are right. parents and have maybe done this before like when your mm-hmm. water breaks it's not like a movie where you're like oh my goodness it's like this is happening it was uh i didn't know mm-hmm. you know uh, it was like oh that was a strange sensation huh gosh i really don't feel so well no like oh um and then I started having freaking contractions okay and I'm like okay wow these um these um they're called Braxton Hicks these like practice contractions that your body does before you go into labor totally normal things women will know what I'm talking you can have them for like up to a month before you actually deliver totally normal and I'm like wow these uh these Braxton Hicks are um kind of intense like they they kind of hurt a little bit gosh I I hope I can pull it together for my fitting because I'm still going to the fitting at this point. Right. Of course. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to the fitting. So around what, maybe like eight 30 or nine in the morning, I say to Alex, he had this uh, job, part-time job at the time. I'm like, honey, um, do you think you can call out of work today so that you can come with me to this fitting that I'm totally going to, because I am not in labor. I'm going to a fitting and I'm shooting a pilot in two days. <laughs> do you think you could drive me because i don't feel so well right <laughs> he's like um sure honey and he's like oh i think this is is happening i think you're in labor i think you're in labor honey and i'm like no because no, what I'm she's not. leaving out is like, <laughs> when she says these sentences they would be interrupted by the long moan and scream of pain like she's not finishing the <laughs> so like she's she's like you know yeah, I'm it's like really, it's really intense. We have yeah. So, so what should what should a woman do in this situation? Well, a woman should call her doctor, but this woman called her agent. <laughs> called her agent on his cell phone at like nine in the morning. You know, before I called my doctor, I was like, "Hi, um, it's Katya. I'm just calling. Like, I I'm so crazed. I can't even. This is not. I'm in true total." psychological for real denial. I'm like, this is not happening. I just don't feel well. I'm having some stomach issues and oh, hold on. Like, so I call my agent and I'm like, hi, um, I don't know if I can make it to the fitting today because I'm really, really sick. Like r- mm-hmm. something really, so maybe I could go tomorrow or later. He's like, what do you mean you're sick? And then I'm like, uh, hold on a second. Uh, and I have a contraction so bad I can't even talk. <laughs> Alex gets on the phone. He was like, yeah, she's in labor. I, um, we're calling the doctor. Like, this is, this is happening. I'm like, no, I'm fine. I'm totally fine. <laughs> like, then it, 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 it hits me. I'm like, yeah, this is, yeah. I cannot deny what is happening. Call the doctor, blah, blah, blah. 
I don't go to the fitting. I, we go to the hospital. <laughs> I, you know, yeah. in the bay, and uh, our was born son, less than eight hours later. Our son was born at seven thirty o'clock. Seven thirty o'clock. I just said that <laughs> that night. So wow. yeah, labor came on pretty fast and furious. Two weeks early, he was perfectly fine and healthy. Mm-hmm. And then to the, those who aren't in showbiz would ask the question. So they rearranged the schedule, right? They 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 made it work for you, right? And the showbiz answer is, of course, not. of course she got not. Replaced. I was replaced. They replaced and shot without her. Yeah, the biggest job opportunity of her career. And I missed it. Yeah. yeah. So I did not shoot the pilot. You know, found you know, went found another actress. I'm sure they had other you know choices lined up. So yeah. they shot it with her, and it was done. That that was mm. it. I, I missed it. So that sucked. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> to say <laughs> to uh, put it simply mildly yeah uh, that was horrible I mean obviously I was delighted and thrilled at the birth of our firstborn gorgeous son who I adore with all my heart mm-hmm. and I was kind of mourning the loss of this massive you know opportunity for me that I've you know worked so hard for career yeah so 10 months go by um life goes on yeah uh, in between they still kept her accidentally on an oh, email God, thing. Yeah, I was on so the- she's getting like hey everybody we're having we're going to screen the pilot in the studio come on check it out and she's like, <laughs> I, I got all the email and uh, like eventually i wrote back be like um do you think you could take my email like this is fucking killing me <laughs> um, they're like oh god so sorry how's the baby bye oh jeez um, oh god so 10 months go by uh from the pilot right and I get a call, another call from my agent. He's like, oh, hey. Well, your first thought when the agent name popped up was. Oh, I'm like, oh, I'm getting dropped. Yeah, like, oh, or I'm, I'm getting fired or something. You know, like, that's what actor. It's terrible. Anyway, uh, he was like, hey, so do you remember that pilot that you booked, but you couldn't shoot because you had a baby? I'm like, um, yeah. All, all too yeah, well. I, yeah, yeah, I remember that. I kind of remember it a little. Um mm-hmm. He's like, well, it got picked up and it's going to series. I was like, that's great. <laughs> great. That's, Let's twist that knife a little bit more. Yeah. Okay. So, Let's check it in. I'm so happy for them. That's great news <laughs> for all of those people. Um, no, but the 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 big news was that they were um, you know, pilots often recast, mm-hmm. you know, some roles or reshoot some scenes. You know, it's standard in Hollywood to do that. So they were recasting. Um, one of the roles and thankfully one of the producers was like well if we're recasting that role maybe we could recast maybe we could see if our original mom around there you go so thankfully I mean I won't say which one but they one of the characters one of them one of the important characters needed to be recast and you're like well by the way can we Mm -hmm. bring in that mom so I had to go through the whole process again and audition again and went for a you know screen test with the star of the show that my daughter and the whole mm-hmm. family and long story short it came back around and it was nice 10 months later yeah. wow and then and three a, four seasons later four seasons, four seasons of shooting yeah. a show four, four years and well, then years. yeah that's yeah. terrific yeah. And that then ironically, true. she was uh, eight months pregnant when she booked another big job, uh, Malibu Rescue, which was a Netflix uh, movie that went into a TV show. And uh, fortunately, our second kid was late. You got to shoot. Yes. <laughs> <Well, good. laughs> yeah. Shockingly, it happened again. And I was so paranoid. I'm like, wow. <laughs> our second son had the, um, had the decency to be two weeks late. Oh, there you go. So, um, I was able to. Nice. Be, be <laughs> wow. And I... 
I'm I hope that this whole story finds its way in a script at some point, because I mean, that sort of back and forth, that, that's something that can't be duplicated. You know, that's something that uh, it's one of those things where you just got to like it. Um, people wouldn't believe it, you know, but uh, but at the same time, like it would be such a, a, a fun scene to do. Have you ever thought about doing that, Alex? You know, it is, uh, you know, and the, the, the running joke would be that she'd have to keep getting pregnant to book jobs. <laughs> like, you know, only the big jobs only, so like she's going to squeeze out 10 babies and then she'll get her off. <laughs> you know. uh, but uh, it's not unprecedented. Uh, we were, and actually this is such an LA story, but uh, we were at, at our pediatrician talking about this. And the, the rumor was, is that uh, uh, Julie Bowen, the mom on Modern Family was pregnant yeah. with twins during the pilot. pilot. So she's like hiding her belly in the pilot, that sort of thing. And we're talking about this with the pediatrician. He says, you know, the Hippocratic Oath says I can't talk about other patients in front of other patients. Mm -hmm. I can confirm this is true because she was also a pediatrician. <laughs> yeah, really? Or he was also wow. a pediatrician. Wow. Yeah. Her pediatrician is we the didn't pediatrician see, is We that? didn't see Julie Bowen there, but we saw her at the dentist. We did. With her kids. Apparently kids, we yeah. used to live in the same neighborhood. Clearly she lived on the wealthier side of the same probably I don't think we would probably. Same. Okay. yeah she probably had a yeah. <laughs> she probably had like a three-bedroom yeah <laughs> oh wow so um so with all so with all of this when did when did closure find its way into your mind Alex what tell us a story about how that uh how that came together uh, it started a little earlier. Uh, so the idea actually came about when we first moved uh, for two reasons. One, to LA. To LA. Because yeah, uh, Closure is about a woman who comes to LA and mm -hmm. is a little fish out of water. There's some shell shock going on with what happened to her family. But there's also like these people are very different. They're, you know, they're, and they also don't care about me. They're, they're in their own worlds, which is not everybody in LA, but there's a lot of people in LA who are themselves, they're doing in betterment. And so how do you solve a mystery when uh, no one will? help you or recognize who you are. You really have to do it on your own. So that was mm -hmm. the story that came to us because moving to LA with a partner was easy in the sense, I mean, it's very, very difficult, but we had each other. We could always take a step back and be like, that guy at the bagel shop, he was crazy, right? Yeah, he was totally crazy, right? That's, you know, we can do that with each other. You know, LA is, a, is not like New York. You don't see people all the time. You don't mm -hmm. see like people, you don't run into people, you don't see strangers, you could be in your car and not see another human being. So that was part of it. And then the actual practical side was, uh, it is done was optioned into a movie and it took a, you know, a month or so for the contract to be agreed upon. And one of the stipulations of the contract, which was totally standard, it says uh, that I could be replaced, fired at any time and replaced. And that is normal. You option, right. you paid, you could be removed from this, from a play that I conceived, we staged as a play took it and did another production of the play. I'm like, oh, I could be removed at any time. Got it, no mm -hmm. more. But I was like, well, let's work on something that no one will take away. Something that we can design to be shot on a lower budget. And yeah. we can do ourselves. We have plenty of talented actors, friends that have the time to do the movie. And you know, some were in mind when I wrote it, others were not, others just became characters later on. Uh, but uh, yeah, so that's how it came about, you know, uh, and uh, we actually, we did not have audition. We auditioned one actor, Tom Choi, who played Hugo. The, uh, Hugo, yeah. Yeah, and, but he actually knew, he knew Bo, our producer. So like he came in and we did a, a casual read and like, yeah, he's great. But all the other, uh, the other actors were... we knew personally. Yeah. We got the script oh. in their hand and said, do you want to do this? And they're like, great. Or, I don't, or think, no. I don't think anyone said no. Uh... There were some people who had, had scheduling issues and made out. 
Julie Bowen said no for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> we so, stopped outside the dentist. We're like, yeah. I know your kid's getting root canal. <laughs> we have the screenplay for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so everyone that you knew, you knew Dee Wallace as well? Yeah, Dee, uh, Dee Wallace uh, is also on Jeff and Ah, I thought, okay. Yes, yes. Um, she played my mother. Nice. Um, yeah, and I got to know Dee really well. We worked when Alex and I decided to get happen. We talked about it a lot and sent her the script and, you know, she scene and star one fabulous. Oh, it's great. Yeah. And making that scene yeah. work, you know, like making, like making sure that that scene was a final draft, not like, oh, we're going to slow it down. I like wanted to, from beginning of scene to end, because we're guessing she wouldn't read the whole, just read the scene. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, just uh, read your scene. I think she would. <laughs> yeah. But her response was, I get to hit Katya. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And in fact, when we <laughs> shot that scene, which was in her backyard, she was like, you can use my house if you want to. We're like, yeah, thank she, you, I, that's she's, awesome. She's that's perfect. A lovely, lovely, yeah, very generous. generous, super talented. Intense actor, like in a good way. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's inspiring to be around someone whose energy is that rich and palpable. Like mm -hmm. yeah. he's your own critic and like, you know, but, but, but uh, so we got to this, the slap, which is very choreographed. And if you, if you mm -hmm. watch the scene over and over, you realize how it's done safely. Partially yeah. is a stage slap and the other part is through editing. Uh, so we shot it, the different setups to get it done. And we finished those setups and she's like, just in case that doesn't work, why do we do a take where I actually slap her? <laughs> <laughs> so has there been some built up animosity or something that she's been kind of like waiting for? You know, any, any sort of opportunity or something? Just like, this is for season two. <laughs> <laughs> well, not, it wasn't bad enough she still did the movie uh, so we did a take with a real slap and it just didn't look right also you mm. were, but, it, was, uh, it, was, it was for real it was yeah. for real there was some force behind it but she generally wow. to grace grace us uh, for free which when you're making an indie film yeah <laughs> which actually every another, dollar another counts another funny side yeah. story about that is like all of our actors all of our principal actors were series regulars on TV shows, which helped us out tremendously doing seven to 10 pages a day. They can memorize it, which is great. But they all had yeah. agents too. And they all went to their agents and said, look, here's an indie movie. If I'm available, I want to do it. I know these people. And the agents still are doing their job as agents. So they're, they're trying to negotiate. The, the SAG experimental contract is a set price. It's mm -hmm. very, the, it's, it's, it's like money. the ultra low ultra budget, budget indie so contract. You know, it's, it's money, but there's no yeah. negotiating because yeah. they all know if someone makes more, they all make more. So no one's going to negotiate, but they are negotiating weird ways. They're going to try to get something extra. And with Dee's agent, it was like, <laughs> can we have eight tickets to the premiere instead of four? Sure, we can do that. And the other clause was she needs to have the biggest dressing room in the cast. And what that is as a protective level is if we're really low budget, people are getting dressed in cars and in like bathrooms at, at restaurants. Like you want to protect D walls and make sure she's not getting dressed in like some back alley somewhere. That totally right. makes sense. Of course. But having gone a scouting location at D's house and saw her master bedroom, we were like, <laughs> we can absolutely guarantee that she's going to have the biggest dressing room. <laughs> nothing fabulous. Besides that bedroom. So like we honor the contract if her agents are listening, which I'm sure they are. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, hey, they yeah. are fantastic <laughs> yeah right. no she 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 enjoyed her dressing room very much <laughs> oh that's great that is that is so great and so so what was the experience like making this movie knowing that you know like you guys were going to be doing it together you know with, with such in such a prominent way because i mean katya you got the lead here you know like it's alex's script and he's behind the camera what was that like what was that whole dynamic like for you it was awesome 
Um, I mean, we met working together. I think that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm really well in lots of work. Yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, that's how we, those are the under which first relationship, uh, writer be together a lot. So, and this mm-hmm. is closure, obvious, passionate. I always like to Yeah. Um, I like to remind him that I fell in love. With wow. This. My writing is much better. It, that is true. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love my husband. But, um, <laughs> um, <laughs> you guys need a minute or something like, are you... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wow. That's, that's, that's so cool. That is so cool that you guys have been able to really just kind of, almost like kind of fall into those positions so naturally. That's, that's yeah, terrific. It's fun, you know? Um, I mean, obviously it's not without fight. That's all part of it. I mean, the most difficult part of the whole film of the whole process was not the of how to work, how or that was not the hardest part at all. The hardest mm. hard yeah. while working yeah. intense project together. There was only one, uh, scene that she is not in in the movie and she actually is in it but it's it's the scene where she's talking to the cops and the cops are on a stakeout so she's in the scene but the cops shooting the cops is the only time she was not there yeah uh and that's i mean it's really hard you know to to be a mom uh and a dad too but i had to be on set all the time like i'm there at the beginning till the end you yeah. get a little break sometimes while we're setting up and that sort of thing, but not much. Barely. I mean, it's an indie. It's yeah. not like you have all time for setups or rehearsal or like, I mean, yeah. obviously, obviously there's a lot of waiting, but it's not like TV mm-hmm. where you wait and wait and wait for hours. I mean, we were, we yeah. filled our days. But, I mean, and we had to keep our days short enough so we could at least see our kid at the beginning or the end of it. We yeah. couldn't, right. and you know, our grand, uh, our parents helped out in the each yeah. week. So oh, we, we wouldn't have been weeks. able yeah, to do yeah. it without So my folks came for a week and, your, your and... Folks came. Uh, But mm-hmm. that was really like, we couldn't, uh, we, that's where our focus was on. It's like, it's like how, we, how are we going to be as efficient as we can be without sacrificing too much so we can not go crazy and not drive our family crazy? Yeah. We'll, we'll see how we do it. <laughs> and what was, so... You have the you have this film. You put it together. You know you have something really special. And uh, what was it like getting those official selections to the different film festivals? What was that feeling like? Oh, it's thrilling. It's so right. I mean, it, you make a thing. You think it's good. I don't know. Like it's so hard. Uh, it's so it's the most wonderful, right? Like yep. you make it to the world. Oh yeah. And they just they just get out there into the world, and there's no. It's not like you can buy like a bunch of plane tickets and, you know, look over someone's shoulder as they're reading it and just like, well, what I really meant to say was this. So, right. yeah, I, I get it. You know, that's... I know you, do. you know, when you make something and you put it out there, it's not yours anymore. Mm-hmm. It's not yours anymore. It's it's whoever's watching. So it's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's freaking terrifying. And uh, yeah, that's your goal as a writer is to, with each script, have to side explain less and less yeah you know what i mean like you you want to be in a position where that was my intent you see my intent you can interpret it how you want but like you can't you don't need to question certain things because i told the story well you know right. in my earlier stuff there's a lot more vague i'm like oh this is what i mean and they'll get it it's like no they won't you have to you have to not hold people's hand through it but you have to be good at communicating what's in your brain to get the story across without being too much yeah hopefully like- you know, try for that yeah, adding a commentary track on a DVD is not the same as telling as creating a movie. You know, you have to you got to get it right that first time. You can't just say all the different things that you meant to do in the commentary track because not everyone's going to listen. 
Exactly. Right. And you want to save the commentary for uh, instead of this scene is about the mother daughter relationship that never happened. And you want to say instead, oh, this is the scene where D really wanted to hit Katya. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> that's the way people want to hear anyway. So, you know. yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everyone loves the, the great behind the scenes stories. I'm, I'm a sucker for those as well. So, yeah. Um, and then getting the awards on top of that, you know, on that's yeah. that's even more thrilling. It's uh, yeah. it's it's it was great. We, you know, started applying to festivals and, and got a few rejections and oh, we got plenty. plenty of rejections by the end. But the <laughs> yeah. D.C. Independent Film Festival being from D.C., we applied knowing that it's it's not a upper tier festival. It's not one of the big, big heavy hitter festivals, but it's definitely a uh, middle of the pack. It's been around for two decades. Uh, they know what they're doing situation. So we got in and with very little hesitation, actually, we, we, we instantly called up uh, South by Southwest. And we're like, hey, I know we're pending. Do you want to let us know now? We got an offer and they're like, we're not going to let you know. And we're like, all right, we're going to pull our movie. So uh, wow, iteration. So you have to do that. But going to DC was great. Uh, winning, uh, you know, getting family and friends there. Like our screening was during like a, an ice storm. Because mm -hmm. DC is Alex's hometown. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so, but getting a full house during an ice storm uh, of people from like my high school drama teacher was there. My high school film teacher was there. Uh, oh, wow. Uh, and so just a screen, and of course my high school film teacher's question during the Q and A was, as you just said, how did Dee Wallace join this movie? That was <laughs> one question. Not like, like, what did you take from Kubrick or, you know, or Citizen Kane? But like, how did he get involved? She's fabulous. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so winning, winning best feature was really great. And then after that, we're like, well, here we come, Hollywood. And then we got a bunch of rejections. Mm -hmm. And then our next festival was mm -hmm. the uh, Vero Beach Wine and Film Festival. I'm like, wine and film? Yeah, the film Sold. comes second. Yeah. yeah. But she was super, there you go. <laughs> she was super pregnant at Again, the time. Super pregnant. And uh, we, we were like, okay, well, the baby's going to come on time. So I will go two weeks late. I will go for two. Like, your mom will be in time to help out. I will go for two nights. And, of course, the baby was late and I didn't <laughs> go. And that's totally fine. I don't, you know. I missed out on humid uh, uh, Florida and our producer went, we did not win any awards there. I'm not saying that because I didn't go, we didn't win any awards, but it's possible. Um, we and, had baby instead. And then we had a ton of right. yeah. rejections and then we had a bunch of hits right in a row. So we got into the Marbella Film Festival in Spain and I went. Oh, wow. Uh, which was fantastic. We were discussed and she's like, you should go. And I was like, I'm yeah. gonna be gone for like, to make it work, I have to go for like a week. I'm not going to fly yeah, to Spain. Yeah, you can't just like casually go to Spain. Yeah. I mean, I suppose you could, but. Yeah. yeah, but with all the money you're spending, yeah. you might as well go to Spain, you yeah. know? So, so, uh, and ironically, we had to have someone from the production team commit to going before mm -hmm. they officially accepted us, which I totally get. Mm -hmm. And her parents were involved with the production. They said, oh, we'll go to Spain. So I wound up going to Spain with her parents <laughs> while she stayed home alone with our uh, with our with our little one and <laughs> four months old. Yeah, who wasn't sleeping with two kids. So it's like yeah, I accepted oh. her best actress <laughs> I award. Know. Yeah, yeah, she won a, a giant trophy best actress award, and uh, I accepted it. And I instantly texted her, and she because of the twelve hour time difference or whatever it was, she was. Yeah. She was literally changing a diaper, mm -hmm. changing poop. But I'm like, you won best actress. Literally <laughs> covered in shit that I won best actress. <laughs> it was, you know, then that's, that's what it's all about. Keep it real. But what keep is great about real. that award is yes, I believe she deserved it. I'm biased, but she was the only actress nominated of the films that was not present. So, like, they could have given it to the local girl who was in a movie oh. or the British one who was in like this 
Game of Thrones style like warrior movie like massive, who was there way bigger budget than us yeah uh, but no the actors who didn't show up for it, so yeah. it really shows you you earned it uh, and then we went to uh, wow we entered that's LA. great that's great yeah, we, then we started targeting cities that we just wanted to go to. So then we did in L.A., we did in Austin, and we did finally uh, ended up in New York. We did the Manhattan Film Festival, come back to New York. That was really magic. Yeah. A little less than two years ago. Yeah. That's fabulous. Yeah. And and Katya, you're from Texas, right? Yeah, I'm from Dallas. Oh, uh, excellent. So so that was so it was good to get you know one in your home state as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Always. Yeah, and Austin's yeah. the best. And this is one of the fun things about you know, we yeah. We purposefully only targeted places where we would actually Mm-hmm. You know, East Lansing International. East, East Lansing. <laughs> no East Lansing. But yeah. It's like eh, we're really gonna. If you're gonna spend the buy money. Buy plane tickets. Yeah, go, go, and go enjoy a city as best you can. Uh, which made me feel so bad for the recent crop of filmmakers who yeah. you know, toil and sweat on their movies and everything mm-hmm. is virtual yeah, right now. They just sucks. missing that opportunity. Yeah. I mean, you, you don't make a movie to, to schmooze at festivals. It's not why you make a movie, but it is a nice perk to it. It is a nice. Oh yeah. Style. I mean, at, at the end, at the end of the day, like these, you know, all movies are meant to be seen on a big screen, no matter what, you know, like that's, that's just what they are. That's what got us all into wanting to be a part of this industry in the first place mm-hmm. is looking at those, those amazing moments on that silver screen. It really is something. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like there's really something to be said. I, I miss theater so much. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I really do. Yeah. So, um, so with all this time that you've been able to, um, that we've all had, you know, just dealing with COVID and everything from this past year, dealing with all, all these different quarantines, um, Alex, have you been able to work on some more material that's going to, um, that'll allow the two of you to work together again? Yes, we had, uh, we knew that we were going to want to make another movie. And I, you know, I really look at the, the John Cassavetes general and model of like he's wants to make movies his wife is awesome let's yep. do them together let's put her in movies where it's a challenging situation that's different yeah uh, so we we wrote a movie actually pre-pandemic that we were just getting started on like all right it's time to start uh, you get know the ball get the ball rolling raise some money and uh then you know COVID shuts everything down it's a uh, it's a movie called and vino veritas uh phrase mm-hmm. in vino veritas means in wine truth meaning when you're drunk you tell the truth uh and uh, Anne, she plays the role of Anne, a woman who uh is sort of in a rut in her life and she goes away for the weekend to uh, clear her mind she goes to the country house that she shares with her ex-husband they split the time but she gets the weekend wrong and he shows up with his uh, new girlfriend and things get crazier and crazier for her to share a house. uh so we designed it to be low budget as well like i'm continually writing projects for tv and film that are meant to be bigger budget and they're meant to be sold and that sort of thing. I have managers that I work with on that, but I also want to have one foot in uh, doing something that we can do together. That we do ourselves. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah. So now we're back and trying to put, put money into that. I also am in the process of uh, adapting a memoir called Robbie's Rule, which is a book by a guy who actually I went to high school with. Um, we grew up together. I didn't really know him. We were in the same Little League program, except mm-hmm. that fork in the road was his t-ball coach abused him, uh, sexually abused him he also suffered mental and physical abuse from different father figures in his life and had a a, a rough childhood and then since emerged from it become a, a an advocate for uh closing uh, child abuser loopholes but one of the great things about the memoir is it's very funny uh so it's gonna, it sounds it's, hilarious it's gonna be a, a comedy about abuse, <laughs> uh kind of if i pull it off yeah. it'd be if I don't, I'll be arrested. But you know, uh, <laughs> or, or, or shunned for life. No, no, no. It's it's, it's 
it's totally he told it in such a way that uh, minimizes it's it's not a gritty portrayal it's yeah. a very i wouldn't say it's light but it, there's a lot of humor but he he's a very funny the, guy. yeah right mm-hmm. that um anyway yeah so those are a couple projects outside of uh you know other things that i'm working on but you know it's as you know everything changes when you're home and our kids survival yeah yeah you do what you can when you mm-hmm. question, yeah sexy. that's so, looks it's it's more visible than ever yeah <laughs> it's Probably, yeah you know, thankfully. Yeah. And uh, so what piece of advice do you have for um, for aspiring actors, for aspiring uh, writer directors? Um, what would you say is like for each of you, what would you say is the first step that um, that uh, that they should make in order to get to that level that uh, both of you are at right now? I'll start as a, yeah. as a writer. Be a good listener. Um, listen to people's stories. I mean, obviously, if you have a story about yourself that you are putting out into the world, listen to yourself and see mm-hmm. how the story resonates. But one of the great things, as you well know, living in New York is you are around people all the time. Yep. You hear how people talk. You hear a wide variety of, of, of uh, people from different backgrounds, of different ages, uh, how they talk. You understand their cadences. And, and so writing dialogue does not become a chore. It becomes a, a blessing. It's a joy. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, I know these people. I know how they're going to talk, and you can mm-hmm. you, you can inhabit them a lot easier. So that that's as a writer, listen. Yeah, excellent, excellent. Katya, you. what would you say? Yeah. Um, um, there are, there are two things: is not let or consume mm-hmm. your life. Um, in my opinion, uh, actors' talent are all diligent who have like can talk about other things besides. I feel like I say a lot more than I did in. New York, and that's my novels, any the world, <laughs> and not just right. Um, and the other piece of advice I have, which I actually do for my is have a year check in with yourself. Mm-hmm. Maybe you put it in calendar, like an arb. I wouldn't suggest like January, an arbitrary yeah. yearly check in. Is, mm-hmm. is this still enough? It's, mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes the answer does not easily. Mm-hmm. You know, um, one of the I love it much, and I don't get to do it very often. Mm-hmm. And the actual business of being sucks. The business really, you know, yeah. rejection, month auditions, and what, the, and then you do get an audition, you have to jump and rearrange, you know, to, to maybe you get a job. Hallelujah. But oh God, I have to go to Vancouver. What about? Right. Uh, so yearly check in. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and, depressing, but. No, that's great. That's that, that is great. Too many people, you know, just really just are constantly focusing on um on everything around them and going forward to the next thing. They never really kind of stop and just kind of, you know, take it in a little bit, you know, just you know, see, you know, just do a little self-reflection, see where you are. Uh, because you may wind up surprising yourself. You're you may think you realize you're further along in this than you think. So yeah. What did you accomplish in the last year? What have you done? There are things that you'll forget about because it's so quick to those fleeting great moments to forget right. about. And yeah. then think about like, you know, you talked earlier about, we talked about the film festivals. We got into six film festivals. That's awesome. We got rejected from 62 film festivals. Wow. We spent $2,000 for people to tell us. Uh, and that's, and you could focus on that. And I bring it up, not because I'm still harping on it. I'm certainly not. But to say, right. look at all the other cool stuff. Yes, maybe nine out of 10 Film festivals didn't think it was good or it didn't fit in or whatever, but you mm-hmm. focus on the one. You focus on the, the people who say yes in your life. Yeah. Uh, here's a little uh, practical advice too that I want to give to those 
who are artists who are creating their own work, which is great. And that's what we do too. Uh, do, do that, follow your passion, follow it uh, and make things. If, you're, if the opportunities aren't coming for you, make them. But here's mm -hmm. the snarky caveat. Uh, if you want anyone in the business to see it, do not make it about the business. Mm. Do not do a web series <laughs> about being out of work actors or yeah. out of work writers. Go create a story that's mm -hmm. important to you. But Hollywood is, well, that's like their red flag and they throw the wall. I don't want to, I don't want to see actors talking about being actors. Yeah. I don't want to see directors talking about being directors. They just they save that for like really famous people or for reality. So that's my snarky caveat to a real true thing, which is yes, if you have the time on your hands, you're not satisfied with what your career is, make something. Absolutely. The world needs Absolutely. your creativity. Yes. Yes. Thank and thank you for saying that too. And where can where can my listeners find you on social media? Oh, on all the places. Um, I'm on all the places. I don't do any, I don't know what like clubhouse. And, gotcha. You know, I'm just my name. I'm at Katya Twitter and stuff. And mm -hmm. uh, so is our film. Mm -hmm. And closure film. Closure film. I don't know. You Google closure yeah. and Katya hit and you'll find it. We're on yeah, we have we're, a website we're and all that stuff. And, and Alex uh, is too. I am. I'm on Twitter, the Alex Goldberg. Uh, I have a website, Alex Goldberg. Directing. Uh, if you do check out Closure, which you can watch for free, if you have Amazon Prime, you mm -hmm. get it for free. Yep. If you don't have Amazon Prime and don't want to spend money, well, we hope you do. But if you don't, we can watch it for free on Tubi TV. TV oh, TV. there you go. UBI, yeah. Yep. And Roku. We're on Roku. Yeah, Roku. We're on somewhere else too. Google Play. Yeah, but that, that's pay. So, you know. Oh, but, you but can pay for it on Google Play. Tubi TV and Roku, you don't even need an account. You can right. just go there, search for it, watch it. The catch is you have to sit through some commercials every now and then, but like uh, you went to watch it for free mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, and we still get paid. So. That's fabulous. Yeah. That's fabulous. And I hope that all of you who are listening, you know, like really kind of take what, uh, what both Katya and Alex have to say to heart, because we are in this, in this amazing business of entertainment in any way possible. And the best way to get an opportunity is to make it yourself. And it's even better. It is just astronomically better when you have someone that you can lean on, which is what these two have. And it's what I hope that all of you have as well. You all have, you know, like whatever your support system is, as long as you have it, you cannot be stopped. So please just keep going opportunities for yourself. You never know which is the one that's going to hit. So for Katya Ojeda and Alex Goldberg, this is George Soroy saying to all of you, ever upward, and I will see you next week. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. If you've never been an Audible customer and want to see what they offer, just go to www.audibletrial.com slash excelsiorjourneys and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, download a title for free, and start listening. It's that easy. Why Audible? Audible content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, and entertainers. And with this free 30-day trial, you'll have your pick of it all. You can hear books of all genres narrated by Jim Dale, Stephen Fry, Will Patton, Alex Hyde-White, 
Jeff Brick, Neil Shaw, William Demerit, and even a few by me, George Soroy. So go to www.audibletrial.com slash Excelsior Journeys and start your own 30-day journey with Audible today.